All right. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Boundless Gamers Show, a podcast where we give our thoughts and feelings on today's games and news. I am Misinfected, better known as Ash or Ashley, whichever you like. And uh, this is my first time hosting the show, and but I'm not by myself, thank the gods. Joining me to help me along the way is our favorite carbohydrate and my very own French baguette, Jockey. How's it going, everybody? How you doing today? I am just like I am every other day, just fine. <laughs> just fine, just vibing. With that being said, you can find all of our lovely socials in our link tree and description, including our Twitch channel, which we have like amazing parties in, um, where Jacques, Indy, and I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if not, we'll always post in our Discord to let you know our schedules and if anything happens, stuff like that. So uh, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be Thursday, which means I will be streaming tomorrow night. And I think I'm going to continue... Five Nights at Freddy's security breach that took off one week and then we had our affiliate party. Yeah, for Friday is the stream that you really want to tune in for because that's Ash and she is the superstar of our Twitch channel. <laughs> Apparently. I don't understand that. I don't know either. You, I mean, you just got that personality. You just attract the, the, all the viewers. I just think it's because I'm a female. I'm so hot, but not. I think it's your uh, cool headset with your horns. Honestly, I think that is what it is. And then uh, the background stuff in my frame, it's kind of unique. Because that tends to like, I've kind of started been lurking around on Twitch and been looking at things that catch my attention, like people that have certain characters or like really unique frames on their Twitch. I don't want to just watch some body with no, I don't want to say no creativity. It makes me feel like, I don't know. Judgy? Crappy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, way to say it. But yeah, judgy. I don't know. I just want somebody to put a little bit of oomph into their work. Well, and you do a fantastic job. All of our stuff looks top tier. Well, thank you. I try. I think last week I released... My emoji, which is if you're on Twitch and you subscribe, you get emojis of all of us. We only got still one more that hasn't been released yet. Uh, we're waiting on Twitch to unlock it, which is Mike's, which is really cool. His is a <laughs> his is a toilet paper roll with a Revan lightsaber. Yeah, mine is a pill that's been busted open. It it sucks because I think Mike's might be the coolest, but Twitch is like dragging their feet on getting this approved. I know. It's so weird. But uh, after that, I have plans to do one more, which is our Lord and Savior, the Dorito. Praise he. Praise the cheesiness and goodness. That is he. Join us on Twitch at Boundless Gamers because we're awesome and fun. And we're just going to keep getting bigger. Shop, what are you playing right now? Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because, <laughs> well, I am currently playing Horizon, but we're going to get to that later. But for now, we're going to talk about what you've been waiting for, and that is the medium. Yes. 
I have, it's been so hard not to talk to you about this. Cause in the middle of me playing it, I was like, I got, I got to talk to somebody about this. So yes, lay it on me. Okay. And I do want to say this is going to be full spoilers. So if you planned on playing the medium and have not done so yet, you might want to skip ahead. Or if you don't care, then just splurge, listen to all of it. Um, first, I do want to say that I really, really like this game. Good. It's kind of boggling my mind because before I played this, I heard I heard so much negativity around this game. That is what I was going to ask you. What negativity did you hear? Yeah, I I don't know. I, they just like people thought it sucked. Which after playing it, I'm like, how? In what world does this game suck? Um, now I understand everybody has their own likes and dislikes and that's fine i understand that um and i also don't know if maybe it was uh like related to technical issues when it released maybe that's the problems people were having but i played it on my series x and i had like zero technical issues it ran perfectly smooth oh same i didn't have any glitches either that i remember but um yeah this is just a, a really good story and and I had also heard two people were saying like the gameplay is not very fun. Yeah, I I disagree with that because I thought the puzzles were cool. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of like environmental puzzles, and you kind of have to just figure them out using your spiritual like medium abilities, which mm-hmm. you can like go out of body. And um, I really like the the split screen mechanic, like you're in dual realities. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that tripped me up at first. I was like, oh my gosh, are they both going to be walking at the same time and all of that? So you get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah, you do. I I found that I just like will focus on one screen because they pretty much mirror each other. So it's it's not too hard to go back and forth. Yeah, the story was really good. I thought I just like with Blair Witch, you know, Bloober Team also did that. They they're just really good storytellers, in my opinion. That's awesome. I'm still wanting to check that one out after, I think I might do that after Horizon, or I may go into um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know which one yet. Ooh, either or is a great choice. I think you'll you'll definitely, I think, like Blair Witch. I, I can tell. I, I look forward to talking with you about that. Maybe we'll have to do another podcast after you finish that. Um, And I know you wanted to talk about the Maw, right? Yeah. How about this guy? He haunted the shit out of me for like a month after that game. And I do wonder if that's where maybe some people had problems with the game because there is hints of sexual, uh, like child molestation, possibly. Oh, with, it. uh, what was it, Richard? Was that his name? And Lily? Yeah, it's like yeah. hinted at. Like you have to kind of read it between the lines. And then Jew versus Nazi, like, thing. Like there's some things that normally people, like, can't handle. But the mall, it felt like, even when I wasn't playing, he was still lurking around the corner. Because you can see him only in your spirit form. You can't see him in your human form. 
and it's terrifying. Yeah, there's a lot of like stealthing around. Yes, all you'll hear is the heavy footsteps near you. And I don't know, I just felt like it's almost like I could feel his fingers crawling up my spine. I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but I think it also kind of took me back to one time I actually had pretty disturbing personal ghost encounter. Um like Oh really? Three years ago. And he reminds me of that. Oh, uh, so can we, I mean, is it a long story? Cause I'm kind of curious about no, that now. It's not a long story. Uh, we have time. So, so I mean, Indy's first our days, so we've been together eight years, I think now married going on three, three years now. Um, but we were dating and the, and he would always call me his, like his good luck charm. And Anytime I came over to his house, Indy lived in the basement and I lived in the basement at our separate homes, our family's homes. But he would always say, hey, there is some kind of dark entity that follows my family. And I believe heavily in ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I don't feel anything. Um, And then we got Tyrion, my pug, at our one year anniversary. Well... After getting Tyrion, he was a baby. He was a puppy. So I brought him with me every time I spent the night with Indy. Well, there was one night in particular. I think I had my mom watching over Tyrion. And I was sleeping over Indy's house. And I will never have Tyrion not near me anymore because of this. Um, That night. uh, So prior to that. We would hear footsteps up and down his stairs. Normal. Super normal. And it'd be nobody. But uh, this one night in particular, I'd fallen asleep beside him and he lit a candle uh, for me on the side of the bed because I started getting kind of weary because I think there was one other incident before where it hissed, growled at me, whatever it was. But Tyrion was with me at that time and Tyrion reacted. And I told Indy, like, yo, I need to start having, like, a nightlight in the room or something. Because I remember it coming up to the right side of my ear and just going, and I bolted out of the room. Damn, I'm, like, freaked out talking about this. No, that's that's kind of wild. That's I'm, I'm just, like, intensely listening to this. I eventually, like, I started talking to, like, some of my friends, and my best friend, she's, I think she's called, like, a nature witch or whatever, but she started helping me with, like, hey, you need to have this particular stone on you as protection, and I was like, okay, I don't really believe in that, but whatever, it's fine, so I ordered one and got a necklace. Well, this one night, I didn't have it, I didn't have Tyrion, it was just me and Indy in bed, and I fell asleep. And is the first and only night terror I've ever had in my entire life to where um, either I was dreaming or I was half awake, but I saw it in the corner of the right side of the room. And all of a sudden, it, it's kind of comical because it like it was wearing a ghost sheet, just <laughs> a white sheet over it. But all of a sudden, it would just stare at me. And then next thing you know, it started smothering me with my sheets. What the hell? And I woke up 
to it smothering me with the sheets. And prior to me falling asleep, I felt hands trying to find me on top of the bed. And you don't think it was just like a dream where you're kind of half awake? No, because I was gasping for air. And the dream that I was having um, mimicked exactly of how Indy woke up and said, so what happened was Indy, in my dream, Indy woke up. He said, hey, watch out. I got to pee because he had his bed up against the wall and I had to move so he would get up and go pee. And the second he made it to the top of the stairs, I looked in the right corner and then immediately got smothered Wow! by the sheet. And I woke up gasping and, uh, and he's like, yo, what's wrong? And I was just panicking. He's like, well, watch out. I got to go pee. And I was like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> and we slept upstairs in the living room that night. But I do remember before we went to sleep that something was searching for my feet. Because it would try to do that occasionally, trying to find my feet. like it, it, Almost like when you're trying to find your phone on the bed and you can't find it at night or something, or the remote. That's what it felt like. But it was hands. And all night we kept hearing thuds of footsteps up and down. Now I can see why the medium freaked you out so much. Yeah, because the mall reminds me of that. Well, and, like, you know, Troy Baker voiced the mall, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did a phenomenal job, like, because he would change his voice, like, so crazy. Oh, my God. That's the one thing. The one part that it, that bothered me so bad is when the mall couldn't find you, it would start whining. Oh, I know. I'd be like, I'm so lonely. Yes. And for some reason, it like tugged on my heartstrings, but also, in a weird way, it almost sounded kind of rapey. Yeah, a little bit. There's something about it I can't pinpoint. The fact that it would cry for you when it couldn't find you. Well, and it totally makes sense. Like, would you find out like that it came from Lily? Mm. Cause she, uh, yeah, she was the little girl that. We we think was molested. Something happened with her and Richard. Yeah, like he, he would paint her, and th- there's like so many characters in this where they just kind of go into their backstory and how how they all tie together. And um, I I kind of guessed like most of this story, like what was going on like way before. So I, I which is a good thing because that means they're telling the story very well, and I, I wasn't lost. But yeah, there, there's a lot of sad stories in this game. But yeah, the Maw, he was creepy. There was a, and there's like that that screen when he gets you too and he kills you that's pretty scary. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like some other stuff that I liked. I mean, just the atmosphere, like the the the, the world. That was something that was so great about that game too. There were no jump scares. And for it to still be as eerie as it was, cuz I kept expecting a jump scare and it never happened. Yeah, the um the Bloober team is very good at pacing. They understand horror very well. That's why I'm just so I don't understand cuz Bloober team themselves get a lot of shit too. Like I just Really? Yeah, like a lot of people didn't like Blair Witch and 
Um, I, I just don't understand it. Like maybe Bloober Team is just very niche and I just happen to fit into that niche very well. Yeah, same. Because I like my favorite type of horror is psychological horror and that oh, is yeah. Bloober Team in spades. And I don't mind like heavy narrative games at all. Oh, me too. I'm the same way. If there's a good story, I'm hooked. I don't think I fell asleep in that game at all. Well, that's good. <laughs> do you usually fall asleep <laughs> in games? I do. Bad. I've been. Oh my god! When we started playing, when I started playing Horizon, I, I had a really hard time staying awake. But that's we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, okay. no. With with a medium, if there's like any type of lull, and like like I told you earlier before we started, if my brain is not stimulated enough, I will just fall asleep. I think I have like some form of narcolepsy or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. But I mean, I know you have like other medical issues too. All that could be yeah. combined to making you tired. So, but uh, let's see. So yeah. And you know, actually talking about the aesthetic of the world, I looked up and man, I wish I would have wrote down his name. I should have probably done that. But uh, the, the guy that the guy they drew inspiration from for the look of the spiritual realm, uh-huh. he was a painter that fought in, God, it must have been World War II, because that's what they were talking about during that whole that game. That sounds like, familiar. With the Polish and, you know, yeah. being invaded by the Nazis and all that. So that they talk about yeah. that stuff heavily in the game, like in the, the literature. Um but this guy was in that war, and like he basically painted the horrors that he saw. That's why you see a bunch of like fleshy looking walls that are all bloody and torn. And, oh yeah, yeah, things like that, like like bones and like yeah. So it's pretty horrific. Like you can actually go see some of his actual paintings online. It's very similar to the spiritual realm. I wonder if I have seen his stuff because that does sound very familiar. Um, how about the uh the mechanic where you take the razor blade and cut the skin? Ooh. <laughs> that was visceral. Like they actually make you do it too. Like you cut the whole way. It's very slow and drawn out too. Uh-huh. And there's a seam. It, like it's perfectly seamed so you know you're supposed to do it, but it's like literally cutting open an old wound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. And I, I just love the mechanic, too, of just going into people's heads and seeing what their monsters are. Oh, yeah, as the medium. And then it kind, of, it kind of flipped the script, which surprised me when you actually become her father. You become uh, Marianne's father. Yeah. Which I guessed Thomas was her father, like, way before. To the point where I was like, when she didn't get it yet in the story, I'm like, come on, Marianne. <laughs> like, it's obvious. Like, come on now. <laughs> Are you that dumb? Yeah. So, but that was cool. Like, I loved when he went into Henry's mind and you just see, like, you just see, like, all the compartmentalizing that Henry has done as, like, a... um, Mm. Are you talking about the library? Yes. Well, it's kind of like a... It's um, it's almost like an office, like, filing cabinets. That's true. Yeah, it is. It's because I just think that represents, like, all the compartmentalizing he had to do. Uh, I think he was, like, an agent or something for, like, the the Polish, like, intel or something like that. um, But just, like, all the... the, He was basically, like, a uh, 
the muscle. Like he would go in and get the info they needed and stuff. And that's mm. what happens when he encounters Thomas. But yeah, I just thought that was cool. Like how in these, these spiritual worlds, like you kind of just, you see like how the other people's minds are and what, what their monsters are. So I, I like that part a lot. So it reminds me a lot of Silent Hill, which is one of my biggest loves about that story too. Oh, this game has Silent Hill 2 written all over it. You can oh, clearly yeah. tell they were heavily inspired by Silent Hill 2. Which is why it's exciting that Bloober Team is doing a Silent Hill game. I can't wait for that. That's going to be so awesome. We really need a new Silent Hill, especially bringing it back to Silent Hill 1 and 2. Hell, even 3. That gets a little more city architectural-like for that one. But you know one of my favorite designs besides the mall um, I can't remember her name, but the little girl. Oh, sadness. Sadness. Oh my gosh. To see like pieces of her are missing. Yeah, it's it's basically representing like Lily's like lost innocence. Like the, the version of her that was abused by Richard. I almost wish there was more spirits designed where you can meet, like, their stories. So there'd be, like, happiness or... Melancholy. <laughs> yeah. Which melancholy was considered disease. Yeah, you're back right. Back in, like, the 60s? I don't remember the years. Interesting uh, treatments for that. Yeah, like shock therapy and lobotomies. It was basically like a proto-depression before they really knew what depression was. It, see what's... It, you kind of hit on this before, but what's so interesting is... Like, you kind of feel sad for the monsters in a way a little bit, too. Yes. Like, you said that about the maw, you know. And then also with Richard. Like, when that, that whole scene where, like, Marianne's in the wheelchair and she's talking to Richard's monster and the, uh, the, the yeah. child eater... I just wish he hadn't touched me with his tentacles. Oh my god, yeah. Which is just more like insinuation that she was probably molested or touched or mm -hmm. something like that with the tentacles. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you when you start to see like Richard's backstory, you're like, you're like, God damn, man! Like, I feel sorry for this guy. Yeah, and you like you start having like, all these conflicting thoughts. Like, no, this guy's bad. And, like, his backstory kind of goes into, like, a, what I was saying about, like, the history, actual history with World War II and the Nazis yeah. invading Poland. And, like, um, you know, there's he had this this little friend of his, this girl, and she was a Jew. And, you know, he finds her dead. And, like, you know, she she was somehow found by the Nazis probably. And, yes. Um, This this story goes deep. That's what I like it about really Bloober's Bloober Team's games. They just go deep. You don't see this level of depth usually in a lot of games. Mm-mm. Because, I mean, you see depth in the way of, like, you know, very fantastical stuff, but this is, like, this gets to, like, some real shit. When you you don't find out that the girl that he's, um, he meets her in, like, this hedge, this hedge maze with, like, roses and everything. You don't know that she's Jewish yet, and you don't know that he's not um, until, like, you go through, like, the second or, like, third cycle of the story. I forget how far it is. 
and you're slowly unraveling this napkin. And for some reason, I saw, like, it was the very first time you, like, start to open it. I was like, I bet she was a star, David. And I was right. Yeah. And the and the little girl's name, his friend, was Rose. And mm-hmm. the girl that he has that infatuation with, um, Lily, who is the little girl that created the Maw and all that. She's Marianne's sister. Um, she Her name's Lily. I find that interesting that it's both flowers. It's like he's stuck in the past. And, like, he does The thing is, like, he doesn't even want to be this way. Like, he hates himself. And when Marianne finally banishes his monster, he's like, thank you. Like, all he wants to do is die. Yeah. I'm like, god damn, that's sad. But I I think, like, this game is kind of about just um, monsters creating more monsters and just the cycle of trauma causing PTSD. And I like how they relate that to war, like the, in the actual real-world war, too. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's kind of... Because you see, like, um, Richard's father, too, went off to war and died in war. And then, like, his mom... It was just him and his mom, and then his, he had this stepfather that was a real bastard to him. And to the point where, like, his mother even basically calls the Nazis on this stepfather after a while because he beats her and probably rapes her and and they fucking hang him they fucking hang him yeah i think it's like right before you get to that point it's her she has like bless the actress whoever does it she has like one guttural scream where you're walking down to her i guess it's her bedroom and you can just tell because she's screaming no, 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 don't touch me, don't touch me. And she just lets out this horrifying scream. There's something about that one that was just, ugh. Like, it just made you feel so gross and, like, you just wanted to rush to the door to stop what was ever, like, coming after her. Yeah. And then they, with, like, Lily, and they, you know, when you find out that, like, Marianne, the character you play as, is her sister. You know what's really crazy? When the part where I was, like wow, this game is, like, going places, is when you get to to the, the home, their home, and it's, yes. it's, you find the bunker. Like, when you find the bunker, you're like, oh, there's some shit going on beyond just this story. Like, yeah, they were doing some weird experiments. Like, I guess the Nazis were actually experimenting in, like, supernatural stuff, which they did in real life. Um yeah. And then once they were defeated, I guess the Russians came in and kind of took all that research and then they were kind of continuing these experiments. And they kind of held um, uh, Thomas, uh, Marianne's father, they kind of got him captive and were like doing shit, experiments on him because he's a medium as well. Mm -hmm. And then he escaped using his powers and like he tried to just go into hiding and stuff and that's... um, you know, that's why Marianne is kind of like, doesn't she, she has like this uh, memory loss from a coma she was in because there was this fire that got started from uh, Henry, that, that Polish operative guy. He started the fire because he was coming after Thomas, like they were hunting him down. But I just find, yeah, just the story is just like so like intricate, man. It's, it really is. And I, and the way it leaves off too, like, I think I'm curious, like, how you what you thought about the ending and, like, what, what's your interpretations? Because, like, at, at the end, there's, like, there, there's, like, the, they're on the, uh, 
the dock. The yeah, the, yeah. And then, like, Marion, you know, is there with Lillian. He, she finally finds her alive, like, in the real world, like, currently. Because mm-hmm. what happened is, like, they, like, Thomas kept her locked in that bunker because he didn't want that, the maw to get out because she's also a powerful medium. Yes. And he knows how that goes. And he left Marianne. Well, the reason the maw came out is because the fire, like the maw was basically talking to her saying like, let me out and I'll save you both. And that's what she did to save Marianne. So Mar- so Marianne's like off in a coma and Thomas left her there for her own safety, he said, he claims, um, yeah. and, and just kept like Lily locked in this bunker. And it's kind of almost like saying like, it's interesting, the parallels, like the, the how each daughter was raised and how they turned out. Like you yeah. have this daughter who's just locked in this room for her whole life. And it's like, she's lonely. That's why the maw is so lonely. Cause she's lonely. Yeah. And like, she finally, um, I think what's his name? Francis. He was like a worker for Thomas at this like hotel thing that they had, um, where Thomas was hiding out. I, he actually tried to help Lily and I think that's how she got out. She broke out of this bunker. And like the and then it was just like all that fucking anger and rage and loneliness stored up for all that time just created this like this maw creature that just killed everything. Like it just infected everybody. So and there's all these other kinds of stories too we won't get into, like the nurse and it's like I said, it's so intricate. But I'm curious if you think um, Marianne actually killed herself at the end there to try to... Because the mall was done with Lillian. She's like this hollowed out Yeah, thing. she was pretty much... Yeah, she was pretty much dead. I think she did. I think she killed herself. You think she... To stop the mall from to getting inside it. her. Because she was the last... She was the last powerhouse. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I mean, that's certainly what they were hinting at. But I'm wondering if she's somehow able to survive somehow, like live on in the spiritual world. Because they they cut to the very end, they cut to Thomas, and he picks up that watch, and it looks like he might be in the spiritual realm. So I'm not, I don't know. I could see a sequel for sure happening. I don't know if they'll do that. Hmm. I'm good if it doesn't. Yeah, I'm fine with it too if it doesn't. For For once, like, yeah, like, it ended... Such an interesting note. I think what they should have gone through more is that massive hotel with talking about like what really happened. I don't think they ever said what really happened unless it was the mall. Just yeah, I think it was the mall because what happened is once Lily broke out, I think she basically just went through everybody. She's the one who got into the nurse, which made the nurse like kill Richard. And then it got into Francis, which you find Francis's dead body, like in the woods in the tent. I think he was like the last survivor. Yeah, with the dog. Yeah, it was sad. Like the dog's just aimlessly wandering. Like, oh, hey, no. can you feed me? And he had Francis had a family too. You find like notes of him like writing to his family and these these personal monsters like the Maw. It's basically just a like an allegory to like just trauma building up inside of you and then you just becoming this toxic person that poisons everything around you full of rage yeah and sadness yeah god this game's good man fuck everybody who doesn't like this game i'm sorry (laughs) yeah if you haven't played it and like if this 
if what Jacques saying, what I'm saying is not painting a full picture in your mind, just go play it. Because I don't think we can fully paint the picture. Unfortunately, they just took it off Game Pass. I, I got it in right before they took it off. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it costs right now, but I'd say it's worth it. Just go ahead and buy it. Yeah, and if it's on Steam, um, I think Steam also has like, they'll have like a spring sale or a summer sale. So put it on your wish list and then they'll let you know whenever it does go on sale too. If, if you're um, really low on money and stuff like that and just want to give it a try. Because once you're in it, you won't want to back out of it. It's so good. And like I I really don't think we can hone on how creepy this mall character is. It's I don't want to say unworldly, but it is. Oh, it's definitely unworldly or otherworldly. Yeah. I mean, it quite literally, yeah, like comes from another world. Um which they see they kind of hinted towards cuz I know, well, I don't want to give away stuff for Blair Witch, but um I wasn't sure at first if this was just kind of like in her mind, like, uh-huh. but, but it could also be like actual demons, like coming from another world. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I'm leaning towards. It's like actual entities getting into yes. people's minds because based on that bunker and the research that the Nazis and Russians were doing, there's some kind of like terror in reality. I think that was going on there. That's what I thought. I thought he was some kind of. Because he almost comes across as um, a lust succubus demon that needs to feed. Yeah, totally. If you don't know what a succubus is, it's a sexual demon, but it's a male. I think a succubus is a female, incubus is the male. Yeah, the incubus is the male. So, just the way he reacts and stuff like that, and... I don't know. And even in the, you, you brought up the house. They went, the house is burnt. Um, but there's a segment in there where it almost looks like she summoned him. Right. Yeah. So he, I thought he was a demon. Cause like, I think like they actually are mediums. So I think that, yes. that these demons are drawn to mediums. Yeah. And Marianne tries to save some of the lost spirits while she's in the other realm, too. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Like, like she has to find, like, their masks, like, their faces. Like, almost like they forget who they are. If you've been in that realm for so long, you forget who you are. Yeah, it kind of gave me vibes of... It's one of my favorite freaking games. Um, shit, Dante's Inferno. Because the same thing kind of happens with that, with your, with the, either he's an angel or he's a spirit, but it's Virgil, and you come across these lost souls in hell, and you have to choose based off of their life. Do you save that soul, or do you let it be damned? And that kind of reminded me of that, too. Yeah, that's always, that's one of those games I wanted to play and never got to, Dante's Inferno. Oh, it's so good. I don't know if you noticed, too, you probably did, but... Like, the whole moth motif. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the maw is basically made up of, like, a ton of moths. And I think that's trying to say, like, he is drawn to mediums, like, moths to a flame. To a flame. Mm-hmm. Or a light. 
And they resembled butterflies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. They were like butterflies. And if you notice the um the little necklace that Marianne is wearing, it's like half a butterfly, and then Lily is wearing the other half of the butterfly. Yeah, great game. Great game. <laughs> that was great. I was super excited to hear what you had to say about it. And I'm glad you liked it, because I was kind of like, oh, he's giving me like no clues to whether he liked it or not. But I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you recommended it to me, because that was my game of the year. Yeah, it was. And before I even played it, I recommended it, just because based off of my love for uh, Blair Witch. So now I'm glad that I was finally able to play this game. I wonder if maybe I'll save Blair Witch for the summer. So I'll have a nice, creepy, summery, campy horror game. Yeah, definitely. Do it. Well, cool. Is there anything else you're playing besides besides Horizon and that game? Yeah, that's it. Just Horizon. I'm going to be playing that for a while because I plan on taking my time with it. Yeah, same. same. And, and I'm playing I'm playing Bloodborne, too. I, I, I forget to mention oh, this. Right. Yeah, I forget the stuff to mention the stuff I play on Twitch because I'm just like, I don't know why I, that there's like this separation in my mind of like... I'm the same way. I didn't even think about that, too. I'm like, oh, well, you already watched me on Twitch, so you already know I'm playing for this. <laughs> right. But probably not everybody that listens to this like watches our Twitch stuff either. Exactly. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to talk too much about Bloodborne because we went on for a while with the medium, but I'll just say that I am fucking loving Bloodborne and I'm so surprised that it's finally clicking with me. And Jacques' streams are pretty funny while he's playing it too, so it's definitely worth the watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tons of sucking and fucking going on in my streams. <laughs> and, then, and then you can make him talk in a French accent and it's fantastic and he calls you his little buttery croissants. Yep, definitely, definitely. So Did, you, I don't know if Indy told you about the uh, the controller point one that I just added, but for five thousand, you can make me play guitar. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I have some plans with that. Oh man, Cause I just, I you I used up my points to make you talk all Frenchy. Well, start saving again. But uh, yeah, no, that's it. Um, are you playing anything? Well, since you brought up Twitch, uh, I was playing, like I said, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Um, and I've been asked by another family member of mine if it's like the other Five Nights at Freddy's. No, it is not. You're not locked in one room. You are locked in kind of like a mall. It's almost like an arcade mall, so you have food and stuff like that. There's a massive daycare, which if you watched my last stream, uh, I had a hell of a time in. Thank you, Kathleen, for helping me with that one. That was a bitch. <laughs> um, what's it? Arcades. Um, there's supposed to be, like, other, like, I think there's, like, a bumper car area and stuff, too. Anyways, it's really cool, but you play as a kid. You don't play as a security officer. And yeah, so you're a little kid named Gregory that's locked in this and you're not supposed to be there. So the other very 80s like animatronics are coming after you besides Freddy. Freddy's the only one that's trying to protect you, supposedly. So that's the one I've been playing for a couple of weeks um, since I haven't really had a lot of time to play. Really, in the other games, I'll talk about the game that I've mentioned a couple times talking to the guys when we play Halo, 
Um, King's Throne Game of Conquest is an app game that I've been playing for about a year. If you hear me talk about it, I'll usually call it my bitches game because you play as a king and you get a bunch of wives. It's a lot of fun. Um, you need to be 17 and older. I'll say that because of the art. It gets a little spicy. Ooh. But other than that, you are a king building up his castle. And you can choose to be male or female, too. So um, so you could be a queen if you want. You could be a queen, yeah. I actually chose a guy. So my character's name is Julian. I don't know why I chose that. I guess I just I didn't want anybody to know that I was playing this game. And now I'm hooked to it. And I'm like, I don't care. Anybody wants to know that I'm playing this, I'm playing it. So you, with your wives... When you, co- I don't want to say collect these women, but you do kind of collect them. <laughs> like Pokemon. They do help with your kingdom power. And then you also build your army and you can battle all these other kingdoms. And then however many children you have also helps get your kingdom power really high. One of the things that's really un- unique about this game is there are always events going on for you to either play little mini games on there. So right now there's a, I think it's called toss a snowman. And so you literally throw a snowman to get on these platforms. And there's just really stupid little mini games. So it helps the players that are both paying players. And then the whales who are just there to play free to play. So it's, it's very well balanced. How does the game look? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but how does it look? Is it like an RTS kind of setup, or is it more like you can walk around and, and stuff, like 3D? It's not 3D. It's pretty much point and click. Because I've been playing it for a year now, there are, it seems like there's sometimes there are things hidden a little bit that you have to kind of like type every or like press everywhere on all these buttons to find all these other things. It is a massive game for an app. I've had no drama in it. I've, there was one game I was playing for a long time, which was Game of Thrones app that I was with a clan and it got super dramatized in there. And to the point I had to leave the game because it got so toxic. This one, you're just your king doing your thing, having kids, sucking and fucking. <laughs> sucking and fucking with your multiple wives. With your multiple wives. And having an army. It's a lot of fun. There is always, always drama with clans. I I know we've discussed it before, me and Mike and Indy with our previous clan in Battlefront. I don't know what it is, but I think when you just get so many people together, like there's just bound to be some drama. Yeah. I'll never do a clan again, I swear. Yeah, I'm in a a brand new guild only because we had a server combination. Y'all heard me talk about it. The server merged with a whole nother server um, because I think we had a lot of dead accounts. And now our new server is like booming. It's all sorts of people from all over the world in there. So now we're all fighting to get the, the points, but not like personally fighting. We're all trying to get our kingdoms back up to match all these new people so it's a lot of fun. So I'm on this new guild that was one of the higher ranking ones uh, before the merger switch. So I wouldn't like get lost in the point system and everything. 
But it's a lot of fun. So if you ever guys want to check it out, it's called King's Throne Game of Conquest. And it kind of looks like there's women kind of crawling all over the king. And it's on mobile, mobile only, right? Yeah. I think, I don't think it's on anything else. I used to get ads for it all the time. And eventually I was like, fuck it. I'm going to see what this is. <laughs> they got you. You just gave in. Oh, it's so good. I I definitely have given money to this game. How much? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about how much money. Oh, no, Ash. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no. It's good. It's a good game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Indy and find out the actual amount. He won't know. <laughs> he won't know. You got your secret bank account you use for this? <laughs> He'll just think that I'm. it's a bunch of uh, Apple uh, memory. I'm telling on myself now, but there's Apple memory that I have to pay for. But it's not. Love you. Okay, Mike, just cut this part out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I figured like... No one ever talks about app games, so I'm like, I want to talk about this game that I've been playing for a while. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to like the news and the inventory? Yeah, I th- no, I think we can move on to the inventory. Okay. Speaking of Horizon, because that is what we're going to be talking about today, we have uh, five items in the bag this week. So the first item, number one, is Lego brings the iconic tall neck from Horizon to Brick Life. Starting uh, May 1st is going to be $80 and will stand, guess how long this big boy is? How long? 13 and a half inches tall. Damn! Yeah, so if you don't know what the tall neck looks like or you can't remember the names of the creatures, it's like the giant giraffe with a disc on its head. That's the best way I can kind of describe it. No, you pretty much nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, that's one of my favorites. I love them. They're just, they're just walking around. That is definitely one of the coolest looking robots in Horizon. It is. I love climbing them too and like just riding around on top of the disc. Yeah, because you can just survey the world. It's, it's like climbing. It's like climbing an Assassin's Creed to like a top area. Yeah, they're just like walking Ubisoft towers. Yep, pretty much. But yeah, no, this yeah, this Lego thing, I saw this though. This looks pretty damn cool. It looks cool. It has like a little um environment down on the base of it. So I saw it. I think Andy sent it to me. And I was like, oh, I gotta get it. And he told me how much it was. I was like, oh fuck. Why does Lego always have to be expensive? Oh my god, yeah, they're super expensive. The last Lego I got was K2SO from Star Wars. Nice, nice. I like that character. Does it say how many pieces are in this set? Oh, I didn't see that. Because I imagine it's got to be a lot if it had like 13 inches tall. I will look. Oh, it also has a little miniature Aloy minifigure. Oh, really? Featuring her bow and spear. And even, what? Even has a watcher? Oh, really? No shit. With either blue, yellow, or red eyes. So you get your money's worth. Yeah. Nice. Well, I won't be buying it, but uh, it's nice that it's available. I might. Oh, do you, let's be honest. You probably will. Yeah, because for Valentine's Day, Indy got me two mystery minis that are 
Horizon Zero Dawn. So I got uh, two more watchers. I already have one. So now I have three watchers. Plus, I have the Funko Pop normal size of a watcher. So I have four watchers. People are going to come to your house and be like, damn, she really likes watchers, I guess. I do. I do actually really like them. So I told them, I said, hey, can you make me a little like diorama with one of the watchers or both of them? Um, and then I went to uh, eBay and tried to find the long neck or the tall neck. And then um, I also really like the Thunderjaw. Oh, yeah. Thunderjaws are badass. That's uh, like a T-Rex. Yup. It sure is. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. It'll fuck you up. But yeah, I couldn't find anything for the amount of bricks for the tall neck. So that'll be really interesting. I'm even more excited that they have Aloy and a little watcher on the base. It's so cute. Let's go to number two. Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher series game director launches a new studio called the Rebel Wolves. The Rebel Wolves studio is working on its debut game that uh, aims to become, quote unquote, the holy grail of computer RPGs, end quote. So not sure what that's going to say about Witcher. Or if there's going to be another cyberpunk, but they're taking the teams and combining them for this new Rebel Wolves game company. They had me at the game director for Witcher 3. I was like, sold. I don't care what they're making. <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. It says, I mean, it says Holy Girl of Computer RPG. So oh, yeah. I'm wondering if it's just going to be PC, which is a stick in the mud for me. But I'm sure Andy will check it out, and then I can check it out later. So that's exciting. New new companies coming out. Yeah, I wonder too, because like even though it says CRPG, I, I I have to think it's probably still eventually coming to consoles. I think they just mean like the type of RPG. It's like a certain kind of. I don't really know the exact intricacies and differences, but like CRPGs, I think are tend to be a little more like in-depth and like a lot of systems going on and like very complicated and stuff so mm. we'll see but yeah I, I hope it comes to console because like i would love to play this it sounds very very ambitious my hope is that it's not gonna be like uh what's the mmo elder scrolls online I hope it won't be like that. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that game either. I've tried to play it with my friend Lindsay multiple times, um, which we are going to have her on the podcast in the coming weeks, and she's going to talk about The Elder Scrolls Online. That's cool. Okay, so I'll be curious to see what she's got to say. Yeah, well, cause I'm, she's and she's put like hundreds of hours. Like She's obsessed with this game, so she'll, she'll be able to tell us like what is so great about T-E-S-O. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Let's move on to the next one. Um, for all of you uh, Switch people, Legend of Zelda's Majora's Mask comes out to the Twitch tomorrow. Twitch? February the 20th. I said Twitch. 
Switch. Switch. Tomorrow <laughs> on February 25th. I got Twitch on the brain. We've been playing a lot of stuff on Twitch, so I, I, I totally understand. Our world has been consumed by Twitch lately. <laughs> I Have you ever played this game? I haven't. Indy loves it. I think it's one of his favorites. So, yeah, he's got a couple of the, um, I don't know what it's called, Skull Kid? I think the character's called Skull Kid from that game. He's got a couple of them. Don't look at me. I, I've never played this game before. <laughs> I know it's it's a huge favorite amongst the Zelda community. Yeah. And I think the other one is, is it Twilight Princess? I think Ocarina of Time, right? Mm, that one's a good too. Yeah. I, I started playing a little bit of Twilight Princess. I think it's Twilight Princess. With uh, Midna and everything. If you're not a big Zelda fan, I'm probably losing you. <laughs> The only Zeldas I've played are the first two, like literally the original for the NES I owned. The originals? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I had Classics. the gold cartridge. Do you remember that? Yes. And then uh, I think what was the second one called? Was it Adventures of Link? I think that's what it was. I don't remember. Okay. Well, yeah, th- those were, that's the only two. I've never played like Breath of the Wild or any of these other ones. I tried to play Breath of the Wild. I got bored. <laughs> Which is so odd for me because I love RPGs. But maybe I think because it was a Legend of Zelda game, I'm like, this isn't Legend of Zelda. It's weird. You're allowed to be bored by games. It's fine. I know. It just makes you feel like I'm a cheater. You don't have to like stuff that everybody else likes. I know. I tend to like go the opposite way. If, if a lot of people like too much of one thing, I'm like, ew. I'll come back to it like two years later. I'm like, okay, that was good. So you're like naturally a contrarian? Yes. Yeah, me too. I totally am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were so twinsies. I try to pretend like I'm not, though, because I always like make fun of Jason because he's like that. He's like always trying to do the opposite. Oh, is he? But I'm like, no, nah, I'm kind of a contrarian, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Sometimes I'm legit a country. Like, I just don't think like a lot of others, but sometimes I just do it just because it's fun. Hello, Jason. He's a hot mess. <laughs> Jason. Jason's our buddy. He is. All right. So next up, I know a bunch of people are excited for this one. Elden Ring overview trailer for PS5 and PS4 just dropped, which it also comes out on Friday the 25th, so tomorrow. So uh, get your swords ready, whether it's Horizon, Zelda, or Elden Ring. Plenty of action and adventure to be had. Are you excited about Elden Ring? I Yeah, I am excited, especially now that I'm playing Bloodborne. I'm more excited than I was. Um, yeah. I know Indy is just fucking having, he's uh, orgasming over. <laughs> yeah, he's he's screamed his pants a few times. Yes. Uh, now, I, I did not have a chance to watch this trailer yet because I'm, I'm like, I've seen enough, you know, like I've seen some That's of the. That's exactly uh, how I am. Yeah, I don't need to see any more. Like, I'm already sold. Well, Indy uh, put it on the big TV before I got on the podcast. So I got to see it. And now I'm interested because oh. I'm like the monster queen and it's got a bunch of new unique characters and I'm like oof mama might need an art book 
Oh, and like for you especially, because like your one of your specialties is character modeling, correct? Yeah. And 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 from soft games have some of the best character models I've seen. Yeah, I I definitely if there is an art book, I'm probably gonna try to get it, um, because these designs are so out there. Yeah, and so unique. Same thing with uh. The Horizon, because Indy got me the art book for Horizon Zero Dawn, the first game, and I just I just sat in bed, pretty much naked, looking at my <laughs> art book. It was great. What a great Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm just in awe of like some of these development studios, like just the creativity and the the art. So good. I'm so proud of everybody growing up in the world. Yay! Yay! So yeah, that comes out tomorrow. The game for Elden Ring. Horizon's already out. Alright, so last thing before we talk about our big old theme of the show. We have Bioshock the movie on Netflix announcement. Fuck yeah. Uh, but we don't have a date. No, no date. It's like Netflix has partnered with Take-Two Interactive and Vertigo Entertainment, which is the game's parent company to develop potential cinematic universe. They've been working on the screen rights deal for close to a year with Netflix. So, no date, but sounds like it's in the, in the works. Yeah, Netflix usually gets stuff out pretty quick, but I, I don't want them to rush. I definitely want them to take their time with this, because, boy, I've been waiting on this for a while. Oh, have you? Like, originally, this was supposed to happen, like, years and years ago. Um, Gore Verbinski, who directed the Pirates of the Caribbean, was supposed to originally direct this. Whoa. And uh, so, yeah, it's been in the works. It's it's kind of been in development hell, like, on and off. And it looks like they've, they're finally getting it underway at Netflix, um, which I'm glad. Because I think Netflix is a really good spot for this. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, there was a test episode like before we even started the podcast before we launched it we were still doing test episodes and one of my surprise mechanics was pitching my bioshock movie oh really and i called it back then i was like they should do it with netflix and boom i nailed it (laughs) i'm just hoping for the best like I, i i think it'll because this world is just like ripe with lore and characters and like the art design yeah. and just mm, chef's kiss. So do you think it's going to be under the water Bioshock or the other one? I don't know because they could go Sky multiple City. ways. Yeah, infinite. Yeah. Because yeah. technically Bioshock Infinite takes place before the first Bioshock, like in the timeline. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and if you play the DLC Burial at Sea for Infinite, they are actually, like, directly connected, like, in a a loop, like a circle. So it's very cool. So they could... I loved Infinite. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I When I replayed it, I, I it became my favorite one, because I initially thought, like, I liked the first one the best. Uh-huh. But then when I replayed, I was like, no, man, Infinite is fucking just, wow. Like, Wow. I remember a lot of people didn't like it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're right. Like, when it came out, there's definitely some people that did not like it. I think just because it was such a departure from the first Bioshock. That's fair. That's fair. 
But like when you really break it down, like it's I think it's a better game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but then they could they could start with like the first Bioshock. I think that's probably what they'll do. Um, and I think they could probably lace in like some flashbacks to like before the fall of Rapture, like throughout the the movie. I think it says something in the article about having big daddies, so it probably is. Yeah, that's got to be the first first one then, because mm-hmm. you got to yeah, you got to have big daddies. Oh, I I cannot wait to see them in live action. Oh, it'll be terrifying. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Big Daddies. So they get. I think they have to get the right director though, who understands the games. Uh huh. Because there's like so much going on behind the scenes with the story, and like, yeah, they. I I just don't want this to be like schlocky and like some kind of like action movie. You know what I mean? I want them to really delve yeah. into the story. Yeah, I totally agree. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm glad that uh, your premonition is coming to life. Yeah, I'm a regular Notre Dame. <laughs> All right, so let's move into uh, the game that we've been playing and uh, the theme of today, which is our first glimpse is into Horizon, uh, not Zero Dawn, Forbidden West. Yes, and this is our topic of the show. Yeah. So, I wrote a bunch of notes. I'm probably, I think now I'm probably about 10 hours in. Mike said he was 20-ish. Oh, no. George said he was 20-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, I think George is, like, way far into it. He must be really digging it. That's crazy. I, I'm only, like, probably a couple hours in. I, I'm not very far. Um, I, I would have liked to play it a little bit more than I have. Like, I just got into the open world part, if you know what I'm talking about. So right after the tutorial? Basically, like, after Meridian. So Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking I'm about to be level 10, because I'm going back before I go into the West, because that's about to happen for me. I'm going back and doing a couple of, uh little side quests and kind of, I like to kind of clear the area because I've already got one collectible already. Um, I was also trying to see if there was a tall neck in the area, which I haven't seen one yet. Um, but I'm really enjoying this. I think uh, one of the things I wrote and I talked with Mike last time was accessibility. Oh, yeah. Normally, I'm not, I don't mess with that stuff, but as I'm getting older, my eyes are getting really bad mm-hmm. so now i have to play with glasses and let me tell you the accessibility menu is very in-depth i'm actually quite happy with it um you can change the font from normal uh, i think medium large and extra large which bless bless you can read on the screen now. So that's fantastic. That's a huge problem in a lot of games. So I was glad to see that. Yes. And you can add backgrounds to the subtitles. Yeah, too. I did that too. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I did that. So you can clearly see. And it's fantastic. I, I love that. Um, and the same thing with the traditional. Um, you can mess with the colors too. Which is obviously great. People that are colorblind and stuff like that. But even if you want to make your game a little bit brighter. Because that's also, I have to do that a little bit to be a little bit easier on my eyes. 
I'm glad now that there's such an awareness of accessibility in gaming now, because you're starting to see a lot more developers add just tons of options. And like, obviously, the more people that are able to play games, the better, I think. Exactly. So I yeah, I noticed that too. I saw the accessibility options. I was like, all right, all right, good job, Gorilla. Nice. Hell yeah. And like I said, it's in depth. Like, you have to scroll at all these options. So it's awesome. And same thing. You can mess with the sound, you know, your normal controller, stuff like that. So it's it's great. I do. I have to mention right quick because this is important. So yeah. Ash is playing on the PS4 and I am yes. playing on the PS5. Thank you for mentioning that. So that's actually interesting. So one of the questions I want to ask you, have you come across any uh, graphical glitches? Yes, I have. Even on the PS5. Okay, I have too. I have too. So there, I noticed a lot of popping, like we're yes. th- in the distance, you know, where like the environments would just kind of pop in. Mine isn't in the distance. What what happened to you? It was during a cinematic where she jumps up and I guess she's supposed to be grabbing a ledge, but she's grabbing fucking air. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I haven't seen that shit. And then the forward environment loads. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, that was a ledge. Was it like that? Oh, one of those opening cinematics where she's like um, grabbing like a mountain ledge or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. She's hanging. There. Yeah. So, yep. so the craziest one though is during that uh, that intro, like where she's like riding across the land. You know, like it's uh-huh. after the tutorial part and stuff when she departs Meridian. So there was one part where like literally all I saw is like her on this road, this machine. And it took like maybe a second or two for the environment to load around her. Oh, wow. I was like, ooh, like on a PS5 on one of the early like big like opening cutscenes with the credits and everything. And I'm like, that's not great. Oh, wow. I hadn't seen that yeah. for PS4. That is interesting. Apparently, so that's apparently there was like this flickering issue too, which I guess they have since solved. Uh, not really. Well, at least they said they did. I I don't know if they actually did. PS4, yeah. I'll, uh, I catch it. I catch a little bit and I'll walk over to it. I'm like, uh, you good, bro? You good? All right, there you go. So, I mean, that's like the only thing I noticed. Other than that, like the game is super polished. So that's why that was so jarring to me for like. Yeah, because it happens really early. Yeah. And especially for, like, a big, like, Sony first-party uh-huh. game, I, I would expect a little more polish on that. But I'm sure they'll come out with an update and, like, fix it. It's not a huge deal. Yeah. So, speaking of the beginning, one of the things I found great about this is you technically don't have to play Horizon Zero Dawn, which is the first game, because of how they set up the beginning of this one. They do a really good job of telling you what happened at the end of the first game. But I wouldn't recommend you not playing the first game because you get to see how much Aloy has grown as a character. And seeing all the original uh, mechs, animal mechs and stuff like that. And getting to see the hell that you go through in the first game. 
they give you like this few minute briefer video of like summarizing the first game, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Psychonauts 2 did that as well. I'm seeing more and more games kind of do that, that have sequels, which I think is great. I appreciate Yeah, because it's been a few years since Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, like five years. It was like 2017. Um, so Yeah, damn. Yeah, see, I kind of like somewhat forgot. So when they retold it, I'm like... Thank you. Oh, oh yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, like even the people who have played it. I mean, I certainly, like Ash said, go play that first, the first one, if you haven't yet. But even for us, like it's been so long, you do kind of forget certain things. So it's nice to have that little briefer beforehand. I didn't even recognize um, the guy that joins you at the beginning. I was like, who are you? And then it's explained. I'm like, oh, I kind of remember you. Yeah, Varl. Yeah. I was the same. Because they were like talking like they knew each other real well. And I'm like, uh. And there was even one point when they're walking together. She's like, so I see you look a little different. He's like, yeah, I grew a beard. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, eventually I like remembered. I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." It was like the, the it was like him and I think it was his mother. His mom. Yeah, she was the war chief. When it mentioned his mom, it started clicking with me. I'm like, "Oh." They're part of the Nora tribe and you you encountered them like earlier in uh her Zero Dawn. So, yeah. I was going to say one of the jarring things from the first game is and I even noticed it in um what's that game where as the Wendigos. Oh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Facial animations. Oh my god. The first game, people's faces get really stuck in weird expressions. This game, gone. Completely. It's so fluid. Oh yeah. Even when you're talking to people, the the soft gestures and the way they move their hands, the folds of their skin... Like, and sometimes, like, even with un- like Until Dawn, you'll mainly see people talk with their teeth. This doesn't happen. Whoever is animating this shit has got it down. So that was a big complaint about the first one is, like, during cutscenes, how wooden the characters looked. They clearly took that to heart. Because the problem wasn't the first one. They they did it all by, like, this this AI algorithm. That's how they animated the faces. Oh. That clearly did not work. So I th- it looks like in this one, everything is like hand animated. It does. It really does. You can actually tell how the character's feeling now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just by their expressions alone. Even like subtle facial expressions, too. Like they're very yes. animated. Um, so I was glad to see that. Speaking of like the face stuff, too, is like the one thing that just blew my mind is... The rain droplets on Aloy's face. Oh my god. I have that written in my notes, but a different thing. What what did you have in your notes? She reacts to the weather and it's super cute. Cause I like I think I I just made it to uh the Sun City. I can't remember what it's called unless that is Meridian. Um and you're staring at that, the big spire, and it starts just softly raining. Yeah. And I put my controller down for a second, and I saw her idle, and she, like, very gracefully just holds her hand out to fill the rain, and then will lay her head back to have the rain hit her on the face to actually 
enjoy it and feel it. And I'm like, that is so freaking cute and unique. Like, she feels so real reacting to stuff like that. There's lots of little details like that that I love in this game. Yeah, and I just, but I just could not get over, like... Because there's this one part where you're, like, on top of the spire and, like, they get a close-up on Aloy's face with all the rain droplets on her face. And I was like, I've never seen more realistic looking, like, raindrops on a face. I don't remember that scene, so I wonder if that popped more for the PlayStation 5. Well, and so I wanted to talk about this, too, because I have... I play on performance mode. Like, that's just a default for me because I have to have those 60 frames per second. Like, I'm a 60 frames master race kind of guy. Yeah, I think you and Mike are the same. Yeah, totally. And I tried, like, I definitely went back and forth, like, at first during cutscenes and non-cutscenes, like, tried resolution mode. And it, it looks a little bit better, but I don't really notice, like, a crazy enough difference in the 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 slowness and lagginess of the 30 frames you get with resolution, I just can't deal with it. I can't. Gotcha. Because this game looks fucking amazing on performance mode. Like, it still looks fine on performance. This is, like, one of the most stunning games I've ever seen. Which is funny, because we first started out talking about the graphical glitches, and now we're talking about, no, like, even though we mentioned that one negative... This game is gorgeous. From the jump, too. Yeah. Like, my God. I was, like, I was seriously just, it was taking me so long to get through that tutorial. I did, too. (laughs) I was just going around the world with my jaw open, like, oh, my God, look at the water. Look at the the green. Look at the... I wrote that in my notes, too. (laughs) The water is stunning, because you can actually see, like the rays of sun going through it and the particular ripples and everything. I pay attention to water too much in games. I don't know why. Oh, me too. I'm just mystified by it. But you were talking about the tutorial area. It doesn't really feel quite like a tutorial, but you know it is. Yeah, exactly. I think they do a decent job at like hiding that it's a tutorial, but yeah. you know, like, yeah, they do. like seasoned gamers are going to know, okay, this is just basically a tutorial. Yeah, the fact that you're actually training somebody else was really unique to make it a tutorial. But what's going to say about the vegetation versus the architecture? Did you notice how much more lush the vegetation is? Yeah. In this game compared to the last one, like the last one was the buildings were really decrepit, but you got to see a lot more of the metal rust and everything. This one. It's like Earth really took it back. Yeah, I did notice that. Like moss is growing over things. Flowers are growing on top of um, staircases. Flowers. It is, it's stunning. I, I love how much... Um, I think it's I Am Legend, that movie. Same thing where Earth has taken back New York City or whatever the city's from. Uh, it reminds me of that to see Earth take back what man man has destroyed. I think that's one of the best parts of post-apocalyptic games is just the environments, like just seeing. Because like we'll never 
hopefully we'll never get to see that in real life. So you kind of just have to imagine like what it would be like. And it's just very cool to see. It's, it's like, you know, and this is a world you totally just want to get lost in. One other thing, like going back to when we were talking about graphical glitches, this isn't really a glitch per se, but I did notice like Aloy's hair was kind of going crazy sometimes. It does. Yeah. I, I get like a little distracted by it a little. But like, I understand because like I, for whatever reason, like hair is still one of the hardest things to get down in games and they still have not totally nailed it. Because it's like all the individual strands and they kind of like to get the actual hair physics right. I still have not quite seen it like totally realistic. It's very heavy on the system too. But I mean, they do a good job. Like it looks pretty good. Just sometimes like her hair, she (laughs) her hair was just like twirling and shit by itself. (laughs) I was like, I was like, calm down, calm down. When there was like no airflow or anything, so it slightly (laughs) shifted. It goes whoosh. Like, fucking her own, she got her own, like, fan near her, near, yeah. Yeah, like, that's a cool trick there. Um, (laughs) But, no, her hair looks, I mean, her hair looks just, like, how it's designed, though. I fucking love her hair. It's so cool. It makes sense. It's not, like, some random stuff. And that's what I was going to say, too. Even with the village, I don't want to say village people, that sounds weird, but the Yeah, the village people make a cameo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the townspeople no one looks the same oh yeah no yeah there's there's a lot of diversity yep. very much so on like doing a little side quest you can definitely tell the different uh ethnic ethnicity um like from asian um african-american white it's crazy i will say this game makes flesh tones all different types of flesh tones really beautifully done yeah for sure because like i mean especially in resolution mode like especially on those close-ups man you can really you can see their pores like it's so detailed i haven't even touched the photo mode me neither i can't wait that's so funny i thought i like i've looked at it a couple of times i'm like no i'm good i, I don't need to <laughs> yeah jason just messaged me like a few hours ago and asked me like if i've touched photo mode yet and i was like no unfortunately because i'm just so caught up in this world yeah same and even the people that you're engaging could uh aloy swim in the first game no no swimming which is a nice addition in this one yeah, you can swim. The difference is, I think it's really interesting too. You don't have a lot of breath. No. When you're swimming in this one, so I wonder if that's something you'll be able to upgrade. Like I kind of briefly looked over the skill trees, but I wonder if you'll be able to increase that. Because yeah, I assume you're going to be doing a lot more swimming and stuff. And there's got to be a way where you can you can breathe more. Maybe have some kind of mechanical snorkel or something you know what it is i remember in the trailer she gets a rebreather at some point oh cool yeah because i've been i've been (laughs) i have to keep popping up for air a lot just to get these secret things like the underwater animations too look so cool it does um i mean actually just the animations period i've noticed are like very subtle like it's not just like some generic like movements. Like they do all these little 
movements that is like makes it look very um unique to Aloy. Like if you notice like when she strikes with her spear in different ways, like she has all these different like movements that look so cool that like show off that she is a warrior. Like she's athletic, she's strong, fast, she can move. I, I'm really excited to um unlock some of these valor surges. I don't know if you saw those in the skill tree. Is that the center? Yeah, it's like those big ones, yeah, the Valor Surges. Yeah, I'm about to unlock one of them. They're basically like special abilities you can do and Oh, and the skill tree the skill tree is super easy to to look at. Yeah, yeah. It is not all over the place. So the UI is fantastic. Yeah, the UI is pretty good. Um and I noticed as far as skill trees, the first game only had three. This has like six, I believe. So it's like way more in depth now, which which I like. Yeah, you can really hone in on uh, special skills and stuff like that. Surprisingly, I'm not doing that. I'm kind of going all the way across the board, which is really interesting because normally I go for sneak and bow, uh, but this time I'm I'm kind of putting points in all of them. So you just want to be like a well-rounded character. Yeah. Because I really want to um, tap into uh, the mechs a lot, too, because I, I, love, I love the mech animals. Oh, like where you uh, you take them over? I forget what it's called, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've already unlocked three slots on that one, just so I'm able to do that. And then I can also battle, and I can keep it uh, controlled for a longer amount of time. So I've already got to the point that now I'm, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to walk anymore. So now I've started getting the, the mounts. Yeah, exactly. Those are always fun to ride. Oh yeah, they are. I can't wait to see like what's the biggest thing you can turn, you can hack or hijack or whatever. Because like in in the first game, man, there was like some big ass boys that you could take over. I am kind of curious if you can go for a bristleback. I haven't tried it. I don't want to get close to them. I don't know if I've encountered those yet. Oh, yeah, you are level three. So, like, yeah, that brings me to, like, my skill tree strategy. I am just kind of, for now, focusing on Hunter because I want to upgrade my bow because I'm going to be mainly ranged for a bit, just kind of staying back and shooting things. Yeah, I sneak up and stabby-stab. Yeah, infiltrator, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely be getting into that. I'm, I'm surprised that that's what I'm going for. That's what I want to do. I kind of want to be like a, a female Kratos. Well, Kratos doesn't sneak around. Kratos just fucking runs straight No, up. he doesn't sneak. Yeah. But I sneak. That's how I, I play. Yeah, you had a lot of practice with the medium, too, sneaking around. Any game, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm a sneaker. I'm a sneaky sneak. No, that's fair. That's that's actually probably the smarter strategy. I, I like doing that, too. I like uh, silent killing the machines. I also just like to hide in the grass and just watch their mannerisms. Right, yeah, study them. Yeah. With each other, too. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I'm getting that because of Pokemon. So like I have to watch them. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you totally unlock your uh, ability to hijack the machines, you could kind of treat this as, like, a Pokemon game. Uh, you're not wrong. 
You really are not. I mean, my name is Ash. I'll catch them all. And not only that, with the photo mode, too, you can like do Pokemon snap shit, you know, take pictures of them all. (laughs) Make my own little Pokedex. (laughs) (laughs) Robotic animals. Don't tempt me. I will. Yeah, I think after you beat the game, you should like turn it into a Pokemon game. Oh, that'd be cute. I like that. Uh, there is like one more thing I wanted to talk about, and that's the dual sense. I, I know you can't comment on this because you're on the PS4. Yes, I've been really curious about that. There's a couple of things I want to talk about as well, but yeah, tell me about this controller. Yeah, so I mean, the features are pretty cool. Like, you know, you feel the raindrops, you feel the crunchy you snow on your foot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, wow. Now. The thing with the, I was really looking forward to see how the bow and arrow would feel. And I gotta say, I'm a little bit underwhelmed. Uh And I I think that's only because Astro's playroom just knocked the DualSense out of the park. Like, when you get a PS5, like, you have to play Astro's playroom. Because, like, they just, it's a a DualSense showcase. And, like, the bow and arrow felt so good in that game. And I almost oh, wish wow. they would have, like, Gorilla would have just talked to, um, I think it's a Sobe. Yeah, I think. And then just to see, like, how they did their bow and arrow. Because it feels so much better than Horizon, and that should not be the case. It's not that Horizons feels bad. It's just not as good as Astro's Playroom. Yeah, you felt it was something else. In Astro's Playroom, it was way heavier. Like, you could really feel the, the tension when you pull back the bow. God, have you ever shot a real bow in real life? Yes, like it's once. It's a bitch. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. It ta- <laughs> I was surprised, and I was a kid, too. I was like, god damn, dude. It takes a lot of strength to pull this bitch back. And if you get, like, one of those heavy-ass, like, 90-pound bows, too, like, holy fuck, man. You gotta be strong. Mm-hmm. Just a, a classic wooden one? No, oh, my god. But, like, luckily, Aloy is pretty fucking strong. Like, she's shredded. Yeah, she's a bamf. But, uh, God, she, I would like to marry her. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you liked her that much. Oh, yeah, I like Aloy, man. She's bae. She's another bae. She's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. You don't see too many redheads, too, so. Speaking of love, one of the things I really wanted in this game was romance options. I'm kind of thinking there's going to be something. I Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm curious about that, too, because, like, early on, you know, not to spoil anything. I mean, there's nothing really to spoil because I'm not very far, but it does seem like there's a, she has a lot of suitors, a lot of potential suitors. Uh-huh. Because some dialogue options start popping up. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Um, am I going to see Daddy Aaron in a second? Because <laughs> I got to find him. If you don't remember who he is, he is the one with the mohawk. I do. And I do. the mutton chops, who pretty much looks like Indy. <laughs> That's why you like him. I do. Well, he's funny too, so. Just like Indy. Well, that's debatable, but. <gasps> <laughs> Leave my husband alone. No, Indy's hilarious. Uh, Indy's very witty. Yeah, he is. He Yeah, we keep each other on our toes. But yeah, yeah, I am curious as if there's going to be romance options. I could totally see that happening because it seems like, and Mike was saying this too, like there's so many more dialogue options in this one. And it seems like they're kind of just leaning into that RPG type game a little bit more now. 
I love it so much. That's why, like, I think of like I'm still craving for that Mass Effect vibe, that realness again. And Cyberpunk twenty seven seven, like, almost had it for me. And then after you have your romance, it just goes, Pleh! nothing else happens. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I loved Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So I'll let you say, let you know. But uh, I think I mentioned that before. Yeah. But yeah. with this one, with Horizon, you already have one game that you've established relationships with. And now the second one's out and you get to see some of them again. They're coming back to like bitch you out. Pretty much like, yo, why did you leave? Yeah. So is there's already that established characters in the game, so I hope there's romance options. I like that stuff. Don't say it's because you're a girl. Well, whatever. No, no way. I, I love that stuff too. I, I hope there's some. I have a feeling it's not going to be very deep. No, just I don't because think so of because it's not quite like a Mass Effect kind of game. I, I don't see there being like multiple endings. I think it's going to be kind of just surface level stuff if there is any options because they mm-hmm. they just kind of want to tell like a singular narrative. Yeah, um, just the, the the choices are just kind of adding a little bit of flavor in there. Yeah, exactly. And she is she makes it known from the beginning. Like she is very, I don't want to say career driven, but mission driven. Right. She's like, kind of don't get in my way. I love you guys, but I've got to take care of things. Yeah, and just there's a reason I don't want to spoil anything from the first game there's a reason why her personality is the way it is um mm-hmm. she's she's very much like a loner and um she's heroic but she's kind of like she's just kind of like you know i'm off doing my own thing and she grew up being shunned so she's not used to all of this right 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 attention so to see her that's what i meant by if you haven't played the first game and now you're playing the second you may not understand why she's so She's not fully standoffish, but she's still like, huh, human interaction. What she's do I learning. do? Yeah, she's grown up a lot. Uh, speaking of that, too, I don't know if you noticed this, but it seems like she has much more confidence this time around. She does. Which I am glad to see that growth there. Like, she even kind of <laughs> like. Just wait. Just wait. She starts okay. <laughs> popping off on some people, and I just start busting out laughing. Nice. Yeah, she's definitely like a little more easygoing in some ways too like she's joking and making like sarcastic remarks and stuff which i like oh yeah no she straight up tells this one guy to shut up (laughs) i love it i don't really have much more to say to you uh the last one um that i found really interesting i don't remember you could do in the first game was i accidentally got my mount injured you can repair it on the battlefield. Could you do that in the first game or no? I don't remember if you could repair it, but I was really surprised. I walked up to it because it had like a little piece knocked off. I think I accidentally hit it with my bow because I was trying to kill a bristleback. Uh-huh. And I uh, went over to it. It says repair. I'm like, huh? Huh, interesting. That's cool. So you could keep it around longer. I don't think it was in the first game because I remember I had to change out. I feel like it was, but I'm not positive, so I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so if you're all good, do you want to go into our surprise mechanics? 
Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So, if you were in Horizon, what animal mech would you like to either ride, have on you, whichever? Oh, like maybe boy. as a pet or whatever, or mount. That's tough. There's so many. And like we haven't even gotten far in the sequel, so it's like my answer could change once I get further. But uh if they- it is made or not, or you can even if there's a character or um an animal that's not in the first game that you wanted to be a mech, what would you choose? That I don't know. I'd have to think about that further, but as far as like a mount or a pet so, like, you know, the <laughs> the obvious answer is, like, a Thunderjaw would be, like, cool as fuck to ride around on. But I'm going to go a little smaller and more unique. And I am going to say, oh, my God, I can't even remember the name of them. It's it's those, it's those like, uh, crab-like... Uh, oh, those are cool! They carry around, like, the cargo on their... You know, I would just sit on that like a fucking king on a throne. You're and just going to be a Jawa. That's yes. what you're going to be. I'll just let them <laughs> fucking parade me around. <laughs> That's a good choice. I would have never expected that. Yeah, what is the name? It's something Shell, I want to say. Oh, I don't remember. They do have, like, cool-ass names for these machines, though. They do. I love it. So what about you? What would you pick? Mine's already a mount, uh, because uh, Ares, that's my Zodiac, and yours. So I yes. do really love the ram that you get to ride. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have it to where it was like permanently with you. So you could call it whenever and it almost like, I mean, it already does protect you when you do take it over, but it also, I don't know, became sentient to you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. like an actual pet. That would be super cool. If not that, then one of the alligators, of course. Oh, man. Those things are... The alligators are terrifying, but fantastic. Those things are dangerous. I would ride on it like a surfboard. <laughs> this, this is assuming, like, yeah, you've taken it over and it's non-lethal to you. It's not dangerous yep. to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be funny, riding it like a surfboard. <laughs> What's up, people? The, uh, but I'm wondering, too, like, just let's kind of just... This theorize like this is not something that actually happens in this world but let's say if you take them over and they spend enough the one mount spends enough time with you like say a year or two or uh-huh. would it would the ai start to like develop a little bit of a personality i would think so yeah so would i it'd be around you and it'd be around other human life so I wonder, it'd be like almost like the Geth from Mass Effect where it starts learning. That would be such a cool mechanic, honestly, if it did start taking on its own special ticks, personality, um, reactions from the others. That's not a bad idea. Like, it, it could become loyal to you. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it, loyal. Yeah, that's what I had for my... uh surprise mechanic yeah so my surprise mechanic and by the way like you didn't explain what surprise mechanics was so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it no it's fine you're doing a great job so far 
Um, I'm just going to do it real quick just because it's like obligatory. Surprise mechanics. We both bring something to the table and it's completely unknown to either of us until we bring it to the table like Ash has just done. Hence the surprise. And it could be anything. Whatever your mind can conjure. Last week, Mike's was a, a little story, which if, if you haven't listened to the last week, oh my God. I'm like <laughs> busting out laughing. Oh, that one was good. <laughs> yeah, and I I totally remember Snookum too. So I was like, I, I don't think he ever told me that one. So I, that was interesting to me. <laughs> that was a good story. Yeah, go back to last week and listen to that episode 36, I believe it was. Yeah, this is 37. Okay, so my surprise mechanic, and I just literally thought of this one because I forgot to come up with a surprise mechanic. Uh-uh-uh. And uh, I feel kind of embarrassed because I'm always getting on Ash about, because that one week she forgot a surprise mechanic and I was like, oh, That's you That's because be- I was so curious about what was in the box. What's in the box? Um, so I was getting on her about that, and lo and behold, I fucking forgot myself, so bad me. <laughs> My, how the tables have turned. But, so what I'm going to do is, and this one's really stupid, but it might be fun. Uh, so I'm going to take, I'm going to come up with like four fast food restaurants, and you th- you will come up with like which video game character's best represent that restaurant oh fuck like which which one do we think would like that character would go to this fast food <laughs> place and i guess we okay. don't have to, we don't have to come up with the the I restaurants just see what game character would work you'd like to see work at that fast food restaurant <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm thinking like what they would eat at, like what would be their favorite. So let's come up with the characters first, actually. So four characters, obviously we're doing Aloy because we've been talking about her. Okay. I'm thinking Kratos too. Might as well keep it in the PlayStation family. Um, What's two more that you would like to use? Uh, So I'll take Garrus. Garrus, okay. Good, good choice. And then... An elite from uh, Halo. Oh, Halo. Yeah. Why not go Arbiter? The most famous elite. Okay, cool. So we got Aloy, Kratos. um... Garrus, Vicarian, and Arbiter. (laughs) Okay, now what? Okay, what's Aloy's favorite fast food? Well, she she probably eats healthy, right? Because she's out there in the wilderness. Yeah, and and I feel like it would be matching Kratos, honestly. So, but you said it has to be fast food? You know, within reason, like, we're not talking about, like, a fancy fucking restaurant, but just, you know, it could be, like, Outback or Wendy's or Taco Bell or anything. Outback's kind of fancy. Well, I mean, depending on your your view of fancy. I would say fast food is that if, as long as it has a drive-thru. Oh, okay. Do you want to just do that, like, if it has a drive-thru? Yeah. Okay. Arby's. Oh, you think Aloy's is Arby's? Yeah. They have the meats. They have the Dude, meats. Arby's is fucking expensive, though. I like Arby's, but man. It can't be. Depends on what you get. What would she order, though? Because I feel like she would be the one that'd be like, you know, those people that order like a chicken sandwich and they take off the buns and 
just eat like the plain chicken. No, I'd imagine it'd be like brisket. Yeah, remove the bun, wrap it in lettuce. It'd be like a brisket sandwich with lettuce. There you go. That's perfect, actually. No sauce or well, I don't know. You think she put a little bit of sauce in there? She might. Fuck yeah, she's she's a saucy woman. Okay. Seeing how Kratos, I think Arby's would fit too, because like this boy is just going to eat a lot of meat. Like to yeah. get that big, you got to eat a lot of protein. But I'll, I'll go somewhere else because Arby's is already taken. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go Taco Bell for Kratos. <laughs> Taco Bell for Kratos? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like he could get his money's worth, you know, because it's cheap, you know, oh, and he could just yeah. load up on okay. the fucking burritos and. You're calling Indy out right now. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, I love Taco Bell myself. <laughs> Taco Bell's the shit. It also gives you the shits. Oh, it definitely gives you the shits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think, yeah, I think Kratos would just, he'd order everything, dude. Like, every single item on the menu. Just claim yeah, it. I agree. Um, And, like, Atreus, too, would just, like, you know, get a little something for him. Oh, yeah. He's a growing boy. He'd get one of the uh, the box meals. Yeah, little box meals. Get get some cinnamon twists for him, you know. Fuck yeah. Give him a little that. slushy or something. <laughs> Boy. Boy, eat the slushy. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Okay, so so Garrus is going to be you, of course. You get to pick your honey buns. Now, would it be where we go on a date for fast food? Oh, but I did say it had to be drive through Because my original thought was Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese? That's, that's random? No, because you can go in there, you have your pizza, and then we can play, like, in the arcade section together. To take a little swim in the ball pit and get lost? Yeah, fuck yeah. Want me and Garris to go play in the arcade... Do a little laser tag, Chuck E. Cheese, eat her pizza. That's fair. I think that's a, you can, we'll go with that answer. That's still okay. legit. That's fair. I say Chuck E. Cheese. I think this sounds like fun. He needs a load off um, and stuff. Yeah, that's a fun little date night. Do they have any of those, like, you know, those arcade games where they have guns, like, where you the rail shooters? Yeah. Okay, because uh-huh. he would be great at that. Oh, yeah, he would be like, <laughs> I love this rifle. He'd be like, let me win these tickets for you so I can buy you a stuffed animal. Because I have reach and you have flexibility. <laughs> All right, so Arbiter. I'm dying to know what you think Arbiter would wart wor- wor- over. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck they eat, but... uh <laughs> Oh, let's see. You know what? I, I I got it. It's McDonald's. It's McDonald's. It's McDonald's? Yeah, because McDonald's is like the, like, when you think of fast food, it's like the most popular fast food. It's everywhere. It's in Japan. So if he was traveling to Earth, all he would see is McDonald's golden arches everywhere. Yup, you're on my wavelength. Exactly. <laughs> He'd be like, you know, in that Keith David voice, <clears throat> like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> this arch, this golden arch you speak of? I must try this. Uh, what do they fucking have? Quarter pounder and cheese. <laughs> what the fuck is a quarter pounder? What's a McGriddle? <laughs> oh fuck me! <laughs> sure, I will take this collector's glass. Uh, 
that has Master Chief on it. This is very weird in Meadow. What is going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love it. I accept this. I accept this answer. <laughs> okay, that's great. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's it. Now that that was actually it turned out pretty well. That surprise mechanic. I love that. I like that we switched off and I didn't have to do all four of them. Yeah, it was more fun that way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to mine and Garrus's date to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that would be fun. I don't know what Indy would have to say about that. He might be a little sad because we love going to arcades together. So this this was a fun show. It was fun. It was my first time hosting. I think everything went really smoothly. I'm actually like surprised how long we talked. Now that I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a short show. Yeah, exactly. We're like, it's going to be short. Nah, it's the regular time. Uh, yeah. So. It's like, the, so the medium, we got to talking about that a lot. And then I actually, we talked a lot more about Horizon than I thought we would. But it was good, though. It was really good. We haven't, I feel like sometimes the news takes up too much time and we don't get to like talk super in depth about either the subject or like what what we're playing and that's what i love about you guys when you talk about what you're playing and i think i mentioned i think i wrote you guys this but when it's games that i haven't played and i like to hear y'all's point of views it actually interests me more as a gamer to try that game out based off of what you guys your experience you know yeah well that's the goal like i'm, I'm glad we can do that Hopefully the same people enjoy what we had to say about Horizon. If you haven't played Horizon or if you haven't played the Medium, there's these two games to definitely check out. And then my little app game, as long as you're 18 and up. I accept 17. It's not my game. <laughs> but Yeah, just watch just watch your credit card, that's all. Just yes, watch your watch your credit card, or give me the points. Whatever you want to do, I can use them. <laughs> so, but anyways, guys, this has been a blast. Thank you, Jock, for uh, joining me on this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, hit us up on Twitch. We will see you next week. If not, we'll see you tomorrow on Twitch. This has been the Boundless Gamers. I'm Ashley. I'm Jock. And you guys have a wonderful day, night, whatever you do. Tilly loose. <laughs> <laughs>